Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. All right, Boom Crew, do you know what day it is? <laughs> do you know what day it is? Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. Anybody? What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. <laughs> Uh, that is something, man. Oh, I hear Leslie and I think of Allie. That's how Allie responds to <laughs> you most of the time. Me? Is it me? I feel like it's a good picture of you and Allie. It is a good picture. <laughs> you know what? That's right. It is. Oh, poor Allie. Down goes Frazier. Don't play it. Down goes Frazier. Yeah. F- the fighter's down. Yeah. She got hit with COVID. She did. Hard. It's a bummer. I told her his, I texted her last night, I said, listen, the good news is you got good immunity being built up in your body. You got to look at the silver lining here somehow. That's right. You need that immunity. Yeah. I got hit hard with COVID a couple of times. You did. Yeah. Did you get it? I got it once. It wasn't so bad. I think, I mean. That's because you're a pup. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I was stuffed up. I had a headache basically for five days straight. Uh, it wasn't much worse than that, though. But then my uh, my apartment bathroom ceiling collapsed while I had COVID. Uh, and so that was back in the day, <laughs> the black mold home. Yeah. So my wife and I had to drive to my parents house, but I was still in quarantine. So we drove on the highway with the windows down so I wouldn't give her COVID. She didn't get it. Thankfully, that was pretty awesome. Uh, and then I went to my parents' house and I quarantined in there for the last couple of days because, yeah, not so fun. Yeah. Yeah, keep it safe out there, guys. The weather's changing yes. and bugs are in the air, so keep it safe out there. Anywho, we are off and running here today, guys. And, you know, Christmas season's interesting because a lot of celebrations going on. Yeah. But there's a lot of simultaneous things happening at one time. If you've noticed, Satan attacks don't seem to wane when we're down. Actually, sometimes Satan is masterful at kicking us when we're down. In December, although it's a time for parties and celebration of Jesus, hope has come, guys. Hope has come. He's been there and he's been here. He knows your pain, your sorrow, your hopes and your dreams. But the question is, how do we handle it when we're going through difficult time and the rest of the world is going on? Sometimes it's good to hear from someone who's lived it, done it. Buckle up, get a swig of water, get ready. We got a great guest for you coming up here straight ahead. How do you handle adversity, even when the rest of the world is celebrating? I think you're going to love this. Going from believers of Jesus to followers of Jesus. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Got any big parties planned for this Christmas celebration, hot dog? Any big parties? Well, we have our our Carl and Crew team or WMBI team Christmas party. Yeah, Secret Santa thing. Yeah. Did you get that gift yet? Not yet. I got mine. Did you? Oh, yeah. Who you got? I'm not going to tell you oh. who I got. It's okay. called Secret Santa. All right, never mind. That'd be bad <laughs> news, man. <laughs> but I found a uh, Black Friday special. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. I That's stretched smart. out that 
$100 bill. Nice job. Big time. You know, it's interesting about this season. We're going to have a big uh, shindig at our two campuses for church, obviously, and that's going to be fun. Big yeah. celebration. We're rolling out this Sunday. Oh, I can't say what song it is, but a really fun Christmas song. But in the middle of all of it, invariably, we might have thousands of people listening to us right now that are hurting. Yeah, you're right about that. Going through pain. Yeah. And they feel weak and they wonder, can God promises, can his promises be real? In our weakness, are we really strong? we got someone with us right now who can testify. Jay Hewitt, pastor, author, motivational speaker. Jay, it's not just a Bible verse, is it, bro? It's real. Uh, yeah, it's real life. It, it holds up. Isn't that great? Jay, let's just go right to the heart of it here. You must have been shocked when you got a cancer diagnosis. Young, healthy, fit guy. How'd that go down? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's the worst three words you're ever going to hear. You have cancer. And then they followed that up with it's terminal. And I was 37 years old, oh. had a seizure. That's what uncovered this and then got the diagnosis of brain cancer with a pretty terrible prognosis that went with it. Yeah. What what was your first reaction to it? At this time, were you a pastor? Yes. Yeah, I was pastoring, just launched a new church. It was growing, thriving. Everything seemed to be working well. Young father, young daughter. Um, yeah. It, so my my reaction, my like my first response, yeah. was confusion. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. Why, why would God allow this now? Did it Everything scare you? Seemed to be going so well. Yeah, it absolutely scared me. When, Glad when to you, hear you're human. Yeah, when you get handed a death sentence, when the doctors are saying there's no cure, there's no cure, there, there's nothing we can do for you, and it's only a matter of time. Yeah, that's scary. Well, yeah, let me go on that one for a second here, Jay, because I think a lot of people in the church think we need to spiritualize and dumb down calamity, bad news. And it's the opposite, isn't it, Jay? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking this morning about um, some of the passages, the fear not passages. And sometimes us pastors can kind of lay a, a guilt trip on people. Like the Lord is commanding you not to be afraid, but life is scary. Yeah. But what I, what I have come to find out that it, it's more like a, like a loving father, as we know God is, saying to his child, don't be afraid. I'm here with you. It's okay. It's okay. You don't, you don't need to be afraid. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Oof. Yeah. And I, I, I've often said this, this notion that we're to be fearless is bogus. I mean, we don't need to be a slave to fear, no doubt. But the reason there's so many references to fear is that life's scary, Jay. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. That's yeah, scary. Absolutely. Okay. So what went down? You got this diagnosis, prognosis, both double jeopardy, bad news. Where'd you go from there in the next days and weeks? Well, you know, I, uh, I'll tell you where I went. I went to Dunkin' Donuts. I went to Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> got some saturated fat, sat in the parking lot. And, and that's that moment. It's the moment that, you know, everybody in this situation, you got the why me and, and you have the moment of, am I going to turn to God or am I going to walk away? And in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, I decided I'm going to turn to God and I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be very honest, direct with him. And I, and I just, I said, God, what are you doing? Good. What are you doing? And then the crazy thing is he answered me. What did he say? <laughs> well, you know, just like Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit took my mind, my heart, my soul to scripture. 
and took me to Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, where, you know, Paul's got this thorn in his flesh. Nobody quite knows what that is. We can take some pretty good guesses. Right. But he, he prayed that, uh, that it be re- removed, and the answer was no. But, but the Spirit of God was gracious enough to tell him that my grace is, for, my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness. Yeah. And I just felt, you know, that scripture was just, you know, it on a different level. When the Holy Spirit's in it, I was just like, oh my goodness, this is me. This is, this is for me, speaking to me right now. And then my, my soul was convinced that just as Paul concluded, uh, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, so gracious that the Lord would not explain everything that he was doing, but he gave me this sense that his power was about to be displayed in my weakness. And I was going to come to, to live and understand that it really is true that when we're weak, then we're actually strong. Why? Jay Hewitt is my guest right now. And by the way, we're going to banner at a big, uh, you've got a new release of a book that's coming out or came out and you're going to want this one. This is a great Christmas gift guys for someone. Why do we celebrate strength and not celebrate weakness in the church? The opposite is true. Why do we do that? Yeah, because I don't think we understand it. We don't understand the interplay of strength and weakness. Um, and of course, people like <laughs> all of culture celebrates strength. Yeah, no doubt, so when, man. When we start to understand that it's weakness first, then strength, it's when we are weak. It's when we are weak, then we are strong. It's not just we are weak and we are strong. It's no, when we are weak, we are positioned for God's power to be demonstrated through our weakness. And so because, because I, I believed it, I, I took it at its word, I had a crazy idea. I thought, what if, what if I attempt something that I wouldn't believe I could do at my peak health? What if I tried to do that at my weakest moment? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this is when you went crazy on uh, Ironman triathlon or something, right? That's exactly it. Oh. So I thought, what if, what if I attempt an Ironman triathlon? Now, I'm not a triathlete. Uh, I've never even done a marathon. <laughs> this is 140 miles of swimming, biking, and running. So you swim two and a half miles, then you get on your bike and you go for 112 miles. And then when you're, you know, miles. right around, yeah, you're about 115 miles into the race. And then you just top it off with a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cherry on top. <laughs> right, right. It seemed ridiculous. But at the same time, I thought this is a great platform to demonstrate God's power working through me for my young daughter. Right. So I had a four year old daughter and I know that our children need to see the gospel. They don't just need to hear it. They need to see the scripture being lived out, uh, not just read it. And so I thought this is a way to show my daughter without a doubt that, yes, we're going to get knocked down. But in the power of Jesus, we got to get back up and that he truly, truly can turn our weakness into strength. And so it was a crazy idea. Oh, it's crazy. But I went for it. Yeah, it's crazy. And I've got a picture of you holding up the banner at the finish line. Okay, so let's back up, though. So you get diagnosed horrible prognosis. What happened? Did you have brain surgery and then chemo? Did you go the whole round while you're training? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I had two very high risk brain surgeries, but by the hand of God guiding the surgeon's hand Boom. came out without any brain damage, no, uh, no paralysis, which was a big issue. And so, um, when I was just recovered enough from the brain surgery, uh, my doctor said, all right, let's go time for radiation and chemotherapy. And so on the first day of radiation and chemotherapy, I ran one mile and I started training and I did all of my training I love this. and I just kept building, building, building during the treatment. And then I, 
I ran uh, or I competed in the Ironman triathlon while I was still going through some pretty severe treatment. Okay, we're going to leave that right here. Coming up in just a moment, Jay Hewitt is my guest, pastor, author, motivational speaker. You think? Start training for a triathlon on the first day you got chemo and radiation for a brain tumor that's been removed? Hang on more with Jay Hewitt and how this relates to your life. In fact, this is what I want to go after coming up here, Jay, in just a moment. I want to get after how do we live postured in weakness How do we stay there? I think that's a great challenge for the average Christian. It's kind of like humility. How do you stay there? Coming up, Jay Hewitt. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Real treat for you right now. Boom Crew, Jay Hewitt, pastor, author, motivational speaker, has written his memoir already at a young age. I am weak. I am strong. Building a resilient faith for a resilient life. All right, before we get into it, because I want to unpack the theology of living in weakness, because that is where strength is found. What, what, where are you at right now with this cancer battle? Where are you at? Yeah, so uh, they tell me it's chronic, never goes into remission, but I am, uh, from all scans, they show that I have zero tumor in my, in my brain. Praise and God. And so we're rejoicing in that. Yeah, the medical community says, ah, ah, not so quick. You know, it's coming. It's coming, but I'm uh, I'm really holding on to hope and just knowing if God's in it, uh, he, can, he can do whatever he wills. Yeah. How long ago did you get diagnosed with brain cancer? Let's see. That was um, now five years ago. Five oh, years wow. ago. Five years ago. Yeah. So you're 42. Is that right? Yeah. Good math, man. Oh, yeah, wait, 42. I, I can add five to 37. Way to applaud me. <laughs> um, uh, Jay Hewitt. Um, As a pastor, no, 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 let's back up. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, we talked in uh, earlier that it's easy to get stuck in this mindset. We do. We celebrate conquest. We celebrate strength. We celebrate victory. You don't see too many influencers out there who are known for, uh, hey, I'm weak. But the Christian life, the way up is down. The way to the front of the line is the back of the line. The way to get strong is to celebrate your weakness. How do we do that? Yeah, well, the the first step in this, and you you mentioned this book is my memoir. Yes, it's based on this one particular story. However, it is very practical. Because I know that we we need to build this resilient faith if we want to live this resilient life. And what you're getting at right now of how do we stay in this posture of weakness? Yeah, we got to get after that because that is so critical. And so the, the, the first step in it is just admitting it saying it out loud, which is so difficult to do because we want to act like we have it together. But this is why accountability is so important. This is why we don't just go to church, but we're part of the church Amen. and community so that we can, we can actually identify that like, I'm feeling weak right now. And once we say it out loud, once we admit our weakness, then we're positioned to become stronger than we could ever imagine. But it starts with just speaking it out loud and saying, guys, I'm feeling weak right now. Yeah, and sometimes we don't feel weak, but I've I've found there's a word that's been co-opted by a lot of uh, Eastern thought that's crept in, but it's the word mindfulness. But I find that there's something about being mindful of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to us. It's reminding us, blessed are the poor in spirit, yours is the kingdom of heaven. It's that reminder like right now, I'm sitting here right now, but I sense the Holy Spirit speaking to me saying, Carl, 
this is what we need to be talking about right now, is staying reminded that apart from him, we can do nothing. Jake, those are the words of Jesus in John 15. Right. Yeah, because I don't know if uh, if we remember this too often. We're human. <laughs> Jesus was 100% human, but he's also 100% divine. So he showed us what full humanity looks like. But we're living with the reality that we are weak. Yeah. We are weak every day. But we also have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us, that dynamic that dynamic, un, unmatched power that's right at our core if we'll tap into it. And the first part of tapping into it is realizing we need it. <laughs> we need it every day. Yeah, I love it. Jay, um, Jay Hewitt's my guest right now. And by the way, he's written this book, I Am Weak, I Am Strong. I'm going to ask you, Boom Crew, I'm going to ask you by the thousands to grab this up. I'm going to ask you by the thousands to grab this up. God in my old age has taught me how to read people, and I can read that this guy's the real deal. So we'll have that banner ad. We'll have a keyword for you in just a moment. But how's this changed your preaching, Jay Hewitt? Well, um, I, I always, I've always known this is my call to ministry. Yep. God made me to be a storyteller. And, you know, I became a Christian in, uh, in high school. My youth pastor was a storyteller. I discovered that Jesus was a storyteller. And that's when I thought, huh. Yeah, I could do ministry, maybe. (laughs) And so I went into ministry. And I've always used story to bring out the truth of God's word. And he created me to be a storyteller. And now he's given me a story to tell. Yeah. And so now I'm really on this path of how do I steward this story well? Because it's not the story I want. It's not the story I want. But it is the story that he's given me. And it's the story that we need. There are so many people that need to learn to hold on to hope. There's also so many people. Now, this book is not only for people who are struggling. It's also for people who have a large calling on their life. When, yeah. they, are, when they are attempting to follow the call that Jesus has placed on their life, you need resilience. You need to, to learn how to get back up because do not be surprised. Do not be surprised when your enemy knocks you flat on your back. Yeah. If, you, if you're following the calling and assignment that he's given you, you need to find that resilience because there will be hard times. Yeah, I, you know, I think the absence of spiritual war is probably the evidence of internal apathy. I've always mm-hmm. believed that, Jay. I mean, it's just it's just we're going to get hit. And you might be listening right now going, I'm hit. You might be staying right now. I'm weak. Maybe you've got a medical issue. Maybe you've got a marital issue. You've got something that has dropped you to your knees. What if, what if we told you today you are strategically positioned for God to do something that he otherwise couldn't do? That's not, that's not a falsehood, is it, Jay Hewitt? Not at all. Not at all. I've seen it in my life, and I've also seen that the bigger the obstacle that's in your way, the bigger the opportunity. Amen. The opportunity for, for God to use you, to love other people, to use you for his purposes, and also to develop you, to look more like Jesus, to grow you closer to him. Sometimes these big obstacles pull people away from Jesus. But, but if you're willing to say, okay, I'm weak. I need you. Where else would I go? I can't do this on my own. Yeah. But in my weakness, I trust you. I trust that you're going to bring good from this. Uh, for those that are called according to your purpose, I trust you that you are going to make a way when it seems like there's no way. And 
that there's an opportunity in there, a yeah. wonderful opportunity. And so I'm going to get up and I'm going to stay strong and press on. You got a real sister in Christ that you've never met. It's my wife. She had ovarian cancer two years ago. Scares the snot out of you, Jay. Just scares you to death when you hear things like that. But she clung to Jesus in ways like I've never seen. And I see that in you, Jay Hewitt. And I'm proud of you, man. This is a great book. Boom Crew, I am weak. I am strong. Building a resilient faith for a resilient life. I'm asking you to flood the zone right now. I'm asking you to get this. I'm asking you to honor what, what God has called Jay to, to honor that calling and learn from it. That's what I'm asking right now. I'm asking you to text the word week right now, week, W-E-A-K, week, to 312-274-9624. I'm asking you to get one, two, three, four Christmas gifts right now. I feel prompted deeply this way. This is the secret sauce of the abundant life, guys. Understanding that weakness is a commodity in the kingdom of God. It's not a liability. Text WEEK to 312-274-9624. You are going to be blessed big time. You bless me, Jay Hewitt. Thanks for being with us today. I, I love you, man. Proud of you. Oh, thank you. Love you. What an honor. Thank you, guys. Godspeed. Again, text the word WEEK to 312-274-9624. WEEK to 312-274-9624. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. A lot of us wake up this morning feeling like, boy, yesterday I was doing so well, but today I feel like I am weak. I want to encourage you that sometimes that is one of the greatest blessings that can ever happen in our life. The Apostle Paul, speaking of a thorn in the flesh, we don't know exactly what was happening here. We know it was a messenger of Satan to harass him. Listen to what he says. So to keep me from becoming conceited. Isn't that fascinating? Mm. To keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. A thorn was given me in the flesh. thorn was given me. This, by the way, proves the providence of God and his ultimate control over Satan and yep. all of his activity. A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Fascinating. Yeah. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Boasting in weakness because of God's power providentially at work, even though Satan is harassing him. Oftentimes mm -hmm. we say, well, God must want to banish all satanic activity from our life. It doesn't say that here. No. God leverages harassing spirits yeah. over the apostle Paul to do what? 
to keep him from getting conceded. You know that wasn't Satan's intention behind the move. No, it, Satan's intention was to harass and beat him down. Yep. And God said, listen, I know what Satan's trying to use this for. This is what I'm going to use it for. Sometimes in the middle of spiritual harassment, demonic forces that are trying to accuse and deceive and tempt, we can often just appeal to God, get this out of here. But God may, in fact, be saying to you today, my friend, no, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. In your weakness, I am strong. Wow. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Coming up, minute and a half, we're going to give you an update on Candlelight Carols. Oof, got a lot of tickets going out in the last 24 hours. Boom Crew, this is going to be an event you want to be at. We're going to get a quick flyby overview of what's happening Saturday afternoon and evening, and then what's happening on Sunday afternoon. Three showings. How do you say that? Three Candlelight Carols that you can get to. It's Ah, details coming up with our friend. She's on the phone, ready to rumble. Hang on. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. This is the real stuff right here. From now <laughs> this is on, it. Certainly is. This is what Christmas ought to be. Oh, yeah. Who's crooning here? This is Frank Sinatra. Frank. It didn't sound like him at the start. It sounded like... Perry Como and Frank Sinatra sound a lot alike to me. <laughs> they do. My mom was a Perry Como fan. Ah, okay. I never saw my mom's eye twinkle except for my dad and Perry Como Christmas songs. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> yeah, she loved Perry Como. She would just rave about Perry Como. Well, guys, I got to tell you. We have got a golden opportunity to feature something for you here. And when I say golden opportunity, I really mean it. What are we doing here? What's going on? This is Candlelight Carols. It is something that Moody Bible Institute has done for a good while now. It's been an annual thing, but, you know, we have some really creative people here at Moody Bible Institute. And and they got together and they said, hey, how can we not change the essence of what we're doing but still add more and give people more. And they found some really cool ways to do that. They really did. Yeah. Kelly Worrell is with us right now. How are you doing, Kelly? Good morning. I'm doing great. Good. A little Frank Sinatra to get this day going here. How about that? Love it. That's good. <laughs> I love it. Kelly, you are doing something tremendous this year at Candlelight Carols. You're actually doubling down on what happened last year. Give us a flyby overview, yeah. and then we want an update date on, it looks like Saturday, the Saturday early program for candlelight carols those seats are going if not close to being gone there's still seats yeah we're close yeah but give us what is candlelight carols this year what can people expect yeah it's an incredible event like jonathan said we've been doing the concert for decades but last year we brought it back to our campus and built around it an entire family-friendly event with uh, we have a Christmas market where many of our partners, ministry partners like Saxum and Rafiki Foundation and Arise Creations, Symbolic Crafts, these are ministries that are serving people around the world uh, and making beautiful crafts. So they will all be there along with Moody Publishers and Moody Radio, Today in the Word, 
Uh, so beautiful Christmas market. There will be live carolers, cookies, and hot cocoa. Our children's ministry uh, students and faculty are creating a whole walkthrough experience for kids uh, to come. So bring your families. And then our, our creative students have a festival of arts that they're going to be putting on. So it features interactive uh, little exercises that you can create, as well as featuring some of their creative work. Uh, and then the concert. The concert's kind of the cornerstone, and that features all of our music ensembles doing some of the classics as well as original songs they've written just for this concert. Our drama team will be presenting scripture in some really creative ways, and it's going to be an amazing, amazing weekend. Yeah, it's going to be great, guys. I want to take some food trucks. Yeah, I yeah, to no. the food trucks. yeah. I, I'm Kelly. I was just going to say, sister. I know. On. Why? Why are you burying the lead here? We got food trucks. That one hard for me. So. All right. So here's what's going on, Boom Crew. Afternoon concert at one o'clock on Saturday. Evening concert at five p.m. But after the afternoon concert and the evening concert, yep. the festivals yep. are going yep. full tilt. And then yeah. Sunday, everything opens up. Yeah, Sunday the festival starts even before the concert, so it starts at three o'clock. Yep. Concert at five p.m. Then the festival goes on until eight p.m. Here's what's really cool, yep. Boom Crew. I need you to know this: we have free parking down here. If you ever, if there was ever a weekend to get downtown, it is this weekend. Tickets are super affordable. For two people, you will pay more for parking in downtown Chicago than you will for the tickets to this event. That's a fact. That's true. 45 bucks anywhere you go for parking. I mean, you can pay 45 bones. Now, you might be able to find it cheaper somewhere, but it's a, this is a great deal. So I want you to check it out, Boom Crew. Here's what I want you to do. Text the word LIGHT and get your tickets. Now, Saturday, the early shot at 1 o'clock is filling up. There's probably 75, 80, 100 tickets left in that. And But this is a big auditorium. They're going fast. Obviously, there's room in the evening on Saturday, and on Sunday is the most room, but even those tickets are going fast. So here's what you do, Boom Crew. Text the word LIGHT to 312-274-9624. LIGHT to 312-274-9624 and get your tickets. Kelly, we're doing everything we can to let people know because this is one of those experiences. Here's what's weird about these especially post-COVID, you get real comfortable sitting at home. But sometimes when you get out and you go, okay, I'm going to go, and you get there, you go, man, that was a memory maker. This is one of those, isn't it, Kelly? Yeah, absolutely. I know my whole church small group is coming together on Sunday afternoon. And what a great way to celebrate Christmas, kick off the season, fellowship with people you love. Uh, The kids, you know, everybody's coming. So it's a great event to do that. There'll be plenty of time to just hang out together on our campus and enjoy all the different elements. And there are food trucks. So, and there are food trucks. <laughs> and there are food you trucks. You want to know what they are? Yeah, what are they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of them's a taco truck. I knew it. One of, I know. One of them's Belgium waffles. Ooh. So Christmassy. Yeah. And then the other one, I think, is more than dogs. So some standard kind of hot dogs, hamburgers, that kind of thing. Oh, come on. Those this are is good total, food trucks. This is right Chicago there, food trucks, Yeah. Man. All right, yeah. check it out, Boom Crew. Text the word LIGHT to 312-274-9624. Text the word LIGHT to 
274-9624. Kelly, thanks for being with us. She's giving us updates as we go along. I'm going to have her in here. Maybe even again today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> we don't know. We just asked her to keep her phone on and be ready. And Kelly said, I'm here. And we appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Coming up here in a minute and a half. His name is Felix. He's a good guy. He really is. He's one of our students here that comes in every week and helps us on Wednesdays. We gave all of our, our students who come in and help to have an opportunity to speak with someone that, you know, is in a field that they admire or are interested in or a ministry. And uh, Felix got to sit down and talk with Dr. Deb Gorton. And uh, we're really excited about this. He did a fantastic job. We're excited for you to hear it. Yeah, that's coming up straight ahead discipleship to start your day. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, Dr. Gordon, uh, thanks again for being here. Really appreciate your time. I want to jump right into it since we don't have a lot of time. I actually got this question from a uh, an Instagram poll. I asked some friends to give me some good questions, and this was one that I thought was worthy of asking. They asked, "What? how would you define or describe a mentally healthy person? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, you know, okay, so people can't see where we're at, right? But we're in a radio studio and there's four walls in here, three walls and a giant window. And I would say, um, if we look at two of these walls, right? And if we go, okay, on this side, this wall is 100% mental health. And on this side over here, the opposite wall, that's 100% mental unhealth. And if I were, if there was a group of people in here and I were to say, stand on whichever wall, you think that you fall on 100% mental health and 100% mental unhealth. Now, my guess is maybe you'd have a few outliers that stood on one wall or the other, but the reality is neither of us belong on either wall, right? There's no such thing as a hundred in a broken world. There's no such thing as 100% mental health, but there's also no such thing as 100% mental unhealth. And I think we categorize ourselves in those ways a lot. But to specifically answer your question, I would say mental health is... And I want to focus on the health piece because I think we often focus on the deficiency or the unhealth piece. Mental health is an awareness of how God created us holistically, which includes our psychological and our emotional health. So how we think about the world, um, the factors in our upbringing, our childhood, our family of origin, our communities, our environment that have impacted the way that we think, which could be dysfunctional in some ways, and how our emotions motivate us. So emotions motivate our behavior, our thoughts, our interactions, our relationships. So it's a, it's an understanding of the interconnectedness of that in terms of kind of the whole person. Hmm. That's wonderful. And I guess my follow-up question to that is if you were to kind of take a peek into somebody's life, their day-to-day for a few weeks and at the end of that kind of investigation you you were to determine this is a a healthy person, mentally speaking, what about their life would indicate that to you? Mm. Big thing, boundaries mm. um, and, and intentionality. So I, I'm big on when I work with clients, seeing where kind of the automatic habitual things in their life are taking over from intentionality. Mm. You know, when I read through scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God is consistently calling us to a practice of intentionality, whether it's intentionality in our relationship and time with him, prayer, meditation on scripture, rest, Sabbath, communal worship, um, community with fellow believers, uh, whether it's intentionality in 
making sure that we stop and say no to certain things that become sort of unconscious habits like scrolling, uh, getting sucked into social media, comparing ourselves to other people. Um, so there's a there's a real focus on the rhythms of daily life and an acknowledgement of where we're engaging in habits that may not be edifying to our all our overall well-being and a willingness to acknowledge that so it's not free of mistakes it's not free of of unhealthy things because again where we live in a broken world those are just a reality of life but it's a willingness to say okay this is something I'm struggling with and so this is what I'm going to do to start addressing it hmm it sounds a lot like structure is that is that how another way to say that yes structure but I think just like most things, structure can be taken to an extreme and mm. then become unhealthy, like rigidity, you know, an unwillingness to be flexible. But I do think that we 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 benefit from having a flexible structure in our lives. Mm. I was reading as part of your bio, the kind of the integration approach that you have. And I absolutely love that. One of my passions is how do we in the body of Christ approach uh, people holistically because sometimes we tend to compartmentalize different aspects of our lives, but we're one unit, we're one being. And so that leads me to my next question is, how do you see the connection between our spiritual well-being and our mental and emotional well-being? Because in my mind, it, it would seem very incongruent for me to be really well spiritually, but poor mentally and vice versa. So how do those two interact with each other? Great question. And I completely agree with you. I don't think we can separate them out. And I, and I do think maybe, especially in a Western cultural context, we're great at compartmentalizing and individualizing. Right. And so to me, think about, think about a time that maybe you were struggling with sadness or grief, or maybe it was depression or anxiety. And there's nobody I've met to date. And I've been doing this for a while. I haven't been doing it forever, but I've been doing it for quite a long time. There's nobody to date that I've met who hasn't said it's impacted their mental health, right? It has, or their spiritual health, sorry. Um, and vice versa, when spiritual health is flourishing, mental health tends to be flourishing as well, because you think about it, God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So he created us from an integration perspective. He sees how the influence of our physical health, our relational health, our mental health, uh, impacts our spiritual health. And so I'm always asking the question, why, why are you disintegrating that? Why mm -hmm. are you separating this out? And oftentimes it's because there's a real struggle or there's a barrier or there's an obstacle there. Um, and so that's where I go after when I'm doing my clinical work. Hmm. That's wonderful. And my final question is for those that are listening, if you had to, let's say you had a list of a hundred things that somebody could do to, to, be well or increase their overall wellness, but you had to boil it down to your top three. What what kind of actionable things would you advise them to do? Ooh, top three. Okay, interesting. I'm going to push back on one okay. word, actionable. Because okay. I think oftentimes we get this mentality of what do I need to do hmm. versus who do I need to be? Okay. Um, so I would say in that you need to be somebody who rests. Hmm. That's critical. And you might define rest in a lot of different ways. For some people, it might literally be taking a nap or getting more sleep at night. But other people, it might be taking a break during various parts of the day to just sit and be mindful of what's around you. Rest is huge. Um, 
relationship. My dad asked me one time, what is the number one word that sums up the Bible? You know, that's a really easy question to answer. One word in the whole Bible. And I was like totally stuck. And he said, for me, it's relationship. And it was kind of like an obvious light bulb went off in my head. So we're created for relationship. We are, we struggle when we're not in healthy relationships. So rest relationship. Now I feel like I need to give you a third R. Um, (laughs) What would be a good third R? Rejuvenation. So taking time to actually rebuild the parts of ourselves that maybe have been neglected, whether that's taking time to uh, move, move our bodies. And I'm not saying you have to go to the gym and pound weights, but like go for a walk, get up and stretch, move our bodies. Um, Maybe it's being mindful of what you're putting into your body from a food perspective, right? Mm. We eat a lot of sugar, not great for us or refined or processed foods. Um, Maybe it's rejuvenating, uh, yeah, a practice in your life, like creativity or a hobby that brings you a sense of joy. Um, So there we go. I gave you three. Relationship, rest, rejuvenation. Three R's. Yeah. You must be a preacher on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dr. Gordon, thank you so much once again for uh, coming on and giving us your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.